0: Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Even in the
1: darkest times, in the pain and in the suffering, there is always a reason. And I look back and see where God was with me through so much of it. It was just,
0: you know, just wonderful. Today's guest grew up in a Christian home. She went to church regularly. By the age of eight, knew that she loved the Lord. However, as she grew older, she grew further and further away from God. Eventually, she became involved in an abusive relationship, and once that relationship ended, she started to feel depression setting in, but she didn't really know what it was. Eventually, after a three year roller coaster ride, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder but it was through this diagnosis that she was able to find God again. Today in Connections, she's going to share her powerful testimony and how she's using her own experience to help others out there that are dealing with mental illness. We're joined today by Shelley Thodey. She is a teacher and the author of two books, her latest one being Miracles Unfolding. Your story is interesting. What I love about it is that You started off with a great relationship with God. You went to church. You grew up in the church, uh, but along the way, that path kind of, you know, went offside and things happened. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and then leading up to your diagnosis that completely changed your life.
1: Well, when I was young, I I definitely went to church with my mom and my sisters. My dad would attend the odd time, and I. uh, I remember enjoying being there and learning a little bit about Jesus and God. And, uh, you know, I think understanding my need a little bit, but not really having a true deep relationship. Of course, I would have gone till I was about 17. Um, But definitely looking back, I I felt like I, I knew of the need. I knew that church was a good place, but I didn't have that really deep relationship. And, when uh, my family moved away from St. Albert and moved to Calgary, we kind of, you know, stopped making it a regular thing to go to church and it was becoming a bit distant. And uh, it's interesting because that's around the time when uh, my life started to change a little bit and I, and I started to feel, yeah. Um, a little, I started working in the work world as a pharmacy technician and I started to feel a little bit funny, like different and down. And my mom couldn't understand it. It just was not like my personality at all. And, uh, that was, you know, just around just over 18 is when, uh, that started to happen in my life. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a major change at the beginning.
0: That was a three-year roller coaster ride. Tell us a little bit more about what happened during that time.
1: Yeah, it was it was really really scary. Even uh, thinking back on it, how you know it's like something else, another entity, which I came to know as uh, bipolar. At the time, it was called manic depression. I, it, it, it took over my life. I didn't know, we didn't know really what was going on. We did, we were quite concerned. And at the beginning, uh, doctors just kind of said, well, you know, she, it's her age, her age. She'll get through this little get, glip or depression. But as things went on, um, I would get through that little bit of a thing and feel really good. And then the next time I go through a low, a little bit lower low, and then I'd end up even on a higher high, like feeling kind of too good almost and too talkative, and that type of thing. And uh, what ended up happening in in about say a year and a half into this, uh, I was I was diagnosed and put on lithium, which uh, really was a form of a godsend for me at the time. It was just something that balanced me out. I felt kind of what normal would feel like again, and I was very happy. And what ended up happening is I went into the doctor to say, you know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good now. I'm feeling quite well. And he said, well, that's good. A psych- it was a psychiatrist at the time. And then he said to me, well, you know, you're doing good. You can go off your medication. And of course, I was excited about that feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm making progress. I don't need this anymore. This is really good. And that's all I knew at the time. But little did I know that that was not a good decision. And uh, not really quite sure why he said that to me, but that I had went off of it and from there went into a, a quite a really extreme high and uh, where I was sort of euphoric and uh, just seeing things before or understanding that I'd see things before they'd happen. And uh, just on top of the world and talkative and pushing people away with my <laughs> arrogance and, and everything else, just really... Out there, just really out there, and what happens? So whatever goes high has to go low. And when I ended up uh back in Calgary with my parents, somehow driving on this manic high where I probably never should have been, I crashed and really badly, like crashed very, very badly into a deep, deep, dark, dark depression. And uh even when we thought maybe I was coming out of it, I I wasn't, and I tried to commit suicide.
0: You survived, however.
1: Yes. So grateful and so thankful for that. It was just an incredible time in my life. Um, you know, but I I look back and I think that was part of my journey. That was part of who I am. And, and there is always, even in the darkest times, in the pain and in the suffering, there is always a reason. And I look back and see where God was with me through so much of it. It was just, you know, just wonderful. I actually have a little excerpt from my very first book, if if you don't mind me reading it to you.
0: Yeah, no problem.
1: Closer to the end of my first book, I just kind of talked about my balance and how I've been able to kind of stay healthy. And um, this was written in 2012. Jesus is played in such an amazing encompassing role in my life, as you now have read. Without his direction, grace, and love, I would not be sharing my story. My relationship with God is extremely important and constant. Praying has become second nature to me, and I pray often throughout the day, silently at night, when I'm all, all through the days. Um, I'm praying about other people and, and counting my blessings. Many nights I'll fall asleep during prayer. The power of prayer in my life and the light of Jesus. Uh, as many of those who know, who believe, is absolutely incredible. And then a little tiny bit about lithium here. Lithium has been a topic of repeated numerous times in my story. It has been a gift from God to me. Without this medication, there is no way I would be functioning the way I am. Believe me, I've tried. I am so thankful for the help that this little capsule has given to me and my family. And uh, basically the way lithium works for people that that you know it doesn't work for everybody of course but it works on um stopping the highs so if a person's starting to get close to a high it it stops it so you kind of get back down to where your your normal is you try to get up into a high again it'll stop it again if you're not getting really high you can't crash really low
0: so you mentioned a little bit there about bipolar disorder but for those who don't actually understand who have never experienced this never have dealt with this um Can you just explain what a day like is for someone that deals with bipolar disorder?
1: Yeah, well, and that's another thing. There's there's a few different types of bipolar disorder. Uh, The terminology I used to know was one called ultra rapid cycling, and that one would look really different than what I went through. Ultra rapid cycling would be different moods and and, uh, extreme moods within even a day. And I I wasn't really like that. The bipolar that I had was sort of a progressive. I would be on a starting out on a low, let's say, and I'd get a little bit lower, a little bit lower over, say, a two month to three month period. And my highs would be about the same amount of time. So it was a really gradual, a little bit slower process, but uh, like an elongated amount of time. But I know there are some people who will have symptoms and things happening often within even a day. And I I can't imagine how, how really that would be just so, so hard, (laughs) very hard.
0: And like you said, this is unpredictable. It's, it's terrifying in your own journey during that time. Did you ever seek out the relationship with God in the midst of it? Obviously you have this great relationship now, but when you were in the middle of that, what was your relationship like?
1: Okay. Very good question. Uh, When I was uh, in my lows, I felt, incapable really of of reaching out and having a good relationship with God. I don't think it really entered my mind because I was hiding from everything and everyone, including, including God. I just didn't feel worthy. And then of course, in my highs at the time, when I would get up like that, I would be so, uh, just so on top of the world that I felt I didn't need anybody. And there was no seeking because at times I would even feel like a God.
0: Most people wouldn't really understand that. No,
1: exactly. And and it definitely an illness like this, I feel like most mental health illnesses really it, it, it can push people away from God. I often feel like there's a very big correlation between the two. And uh, if we're being pushed from God, it's really hard to seek him at a time when we most need him. You know, it's a it's a really difficult thing to understand. But if a person starts to get a little bit of a handle or a grip on their mental health, God's right there. And if if you're willing to seek and and and, you know look into Scripture and uh, songs and Christian people, you know and you know and go to find a good church, it's amazing and incredible how healing Jesus wants to be in our life. But often things happen
0: that we push, push, push. What is your relationship with God like now?
1: Oh, it's incredible. It's it's my everything, really. I I just don't want to live life without God, without Jesus being as my number one, without without everything that's in my life. When it comes to again, uh, my prayer life, uh, church life, um, my, my friends, my Christian friends, my other friends as well. Just knowing love and light, and knowing. I don't want to ever go back to that darkness and what's going to keep me
0: from that darkness, Jesus. What are your thoughts on the way that the church handles mental health and mental illness?
1: Uh, Well, I think in general, uh, it depends which church it is. Of course, I, I, I actually find the church that we go to, it deals with it fairly well. We talk like if we have open Bible studies, we'll talk about it. Often uh, we pray for people with struggling with mental health things all the time. And uh, I think people have started to realize more so not everywhere, of course, but that there is a need often for people to get help or, or, you know, a medication and that yes, Jesus and God, they, they heal us, but they also lead us to healing. And I feel like oh, there's a lot more churches that are understanding that a little bit better than what they used to.
0: Now, you recently released a new book. It's your second book, Miracles Unfolding. Tell us about that book and why you decided to put it together.
1: Okay. Yes, my newest book was released um, last year. And uh interesting. I I never thought I'd write another one. My first one was an incredible journey. And I loved sharing my story. And, and I learned and grew so much through other people's, uh, you know, uh, reading it and understanding their part of their stories. And, but I never really had a plan. Well, of course, I didn't have a lot of plan of even the first one. But the second one came to me at the beginning of COVID when people were struggling, there was a lot of darkness and a lot of uneasiness and a lot of fear and just the craziness we were all going through. And I knew that that could really bring me down and that could really take a toll on myself with my mental health. But I felt I can't let that happen. And so lots of prayer got closer to God and knew that he'd lead me through this without getting caught up in all the craziness. And he most certainly did. And in the midst of that, through scripture and other things, something just kept coming to me. If you, if you have a light, this is in the Bible as well. Like if you have a light and you want it to shine, you don't want to put, you know, a bowl over the light. You have to let people know. And if you have miracles, share them. And all this stuff kept coming to me. So I knew all these other things had happened to me. So I just felt that uh, at this dark time in our world, it was a good time to share some of the light that, Jesus gives some of the light that was actually happening directly to me and my family and close friends. It was just so many incredible things. Why not share them and let people know, you know, the people that maybe don't know, but even the people that do know Jesus, that, yeah, to encourage them and, yeah, he's with us. So that was the time when I decided to uh, begin writing my miracles unfolding. And my close friend, Jenna, decided, she said, Oh, yeah, I'm on board. I'm going to be your editor. And we went through this process and it was just, it was incredible. It was just a really great thing. And I'm very thankful to share these stories.
0: What makes this book unique?
1: Well, basically um, the, it's unique in that the types of things that are happening in, in this story are most certainly things that couldn't have been just cured or helped or changed by human hands. There were things that have happened that just are quite incredible. And, you know, I could have picked a bunch of stories from, People around the world, which there are, there are people that have had and, and people that share miracles. And thank goodness we have those hopeful things that God has done for us. But to think that most of these happened right here within my own family is just quite incredible to me.
0: For listeners that may be listening that are in a dark place, don't understand what's going on with them, maybe going through some sort of mental uh, illness or a mental health crisis, what would you say to them?
1: Well, I would say to them that it's, it's tough, it's hard, and I've been there, and I can relate to that pain and that hurt. And uh, there is hope. There is hope in Jesus. There is hope in healing. There's hope in what God leads us to for that healing, and everyone's a little bit different for sure, that we can never give up because when I think about the way I used to be and, and the highs and lows, which I haven't experienced for, oh, my gosh, like many many years now it's been an incredible well I think 20 about 2012 was the last time I felt any period of a low whereas we all have a feeling within a day or so that we might somewhere in there feel a little bit down for you know a few minutes or an hour or something of course like we're all human but for depression it has to be over a longer period of time and a consistent feeling of feeling down and I really like it's just been incredible, and i I never thought at the time, looking way back in my life when I was younger, that I'd come to that point in my life where, yeah, I'm still taking my lithium, but mostly i I have this relationship that helps me through through everything,
0: and it does take time. there's a reminder out there it doesn't happen overnight.
1: Yes, exactly. And I mean, for some people, it may happen overnight, because God works in our lives differently. And everyone is different. And there are different kinds of healings for sure. But for me, it was a bit of a progression. Yeah. And, and not giving up hope and and knowing that love rules in our lives. We are told that in the Bible all the time, love rules and love and light come together. And, and really, Jesus is love and light. And when we grasp onto his goodness, and his grace. It's, it's incredible what can, what can happen in our lives.
0: At the end of the day, what do you hope people will take away from your story?
1: Well, I hope that people will take away that we are living in a hard place, in a hard world, in a tough, tough times. And there can be a lot of thoughts and things that just can bring us down. But to know that you know, eternal life and salvation can be ours. It can be ours and it can be a gift that is so incredible that, you know, through the grace of God, we can just be in a beautiful place here on earth. The peace that I found here on earth is just something close to, I know what heaven will be. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful life we can live even in the midst of the craziness with the help of God.
0: For those who would like to learn more about your book, learn more about you, how can they go about doing that?
1: Okay, so um, my books are available on Amazon. And uh, one's Melancholy Mania and Miracles, My Journey with Bipolar Disorder. And the second one is called Miracles Unfolding. And yeah, they're available there. And I just encourage and hope that uh, you'll have a chance to read one or both of them. That would be incredible.
0: It's amazing the way that God can work if you let him in.
1: It is amazing. It's absolutely incredible. And I, I always say uh, my story, God's
0: glory. Absolutely. Thank you so much for making time for us. Okay, Colleen, thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.